Welcome to Licking Non-Vanilla, a sex-positive hour of talk about kink, sexual mores, and writing dirty words. So grab a cup of cocoa, your favorite easy chair, and the lube as we go sailing into the dark, sweet waters of all things naughty on Licking Non-Vanilla with your hosts, Ralph Greco Jr. and M. Christian. So here we are at another edition of Licking... What is it? Oh, Licking Non-Vanilla. I had a a complete (laughs) brain fart there for a second. Uh, Welcome to Licking Non-Vanilla with me, your one co-host, Ralph Greco Jr. And on the other end of the aisle is is chris otherwise known as m christian uh and uh we are giving another attempt at trying to educate you all on the ways of the naughty world around us uh <laughs> from our from our muted and jaded perspective and uh we'll do our best i guess as we always do um chris chris and i have a, a i would say a, a veritable cornucopia of subjects that we like to hit in this show. You know, of course, I was thinking, have you ever heard of a regular cornucopia? It's always a veritable cornucopia, isn't it? It is. It is. It's like there's always there's it's always a veritable. There's always there's always that's always plugged in there somewhere. Right. A veritable <laughs> like a veritable plethora, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just, like, I just got I just got told by an editor actually to stop using plethora, so it's now on my banned <laughs> word list. You know that and that and especially and albeit. So those oh, those right. words now are, I have a moratorium on using those words for at least like a year. It's I I think this what happens with what Ed, I guess this is as good as any to to, to tell you that today we're going to be talking about being a sex writer. Um, but you know as far as writers go, we we we, we have we have bad habits like anybody else. You know. And uh, mm-hmm. exactly, uh, I, I'm 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 notorious for run-on sentences. <laughs> I like them a lot. <laughs> um, so I, I tend to like when I go back and revise things, I have to uh, cut sentences and shore them up a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, oh, I know that one all too well. <laughs> yeah, it and you know, and every, and every place you write for has their own. Like Chris just says, an editor told him certain words he didn't like, but they all have their own little picadillos and uh mm-hmm. the things they like and don't like and uh you kind of kind of go along with trying to maintain your own style and at the same time work for people because you know? mm-hmm. as we have always said uh, first and foremost we're, we're hacks absolutely exactly absolute noble hacks that's us right noble hacks right <laughs> chris why don't you why don't you get give me a little background because i know a little bit of this but how you got into sex writing Sure. I mean, it's like, um, it's funny. It's like, I never really set out to be a sex writer. I've always wanted to be a writer. At least I, you know, in, le- in high school, I started to decide I wanted to be. So mm-hmm. I gave it my noble effort. And like a lot of writers, it took me, well, never. I ne- yeah. <laughs> actually never published anything for about 10 years. Mm-hmm. And out of the absolute blue, um, I was married at the time. And my wife signed me up for a class on sex writing uh, taught by Lisa Palak. And she at the time was running a magazine called Future Sex which is kind of ironic because I write for a place right now called Future of Sex. But anyway. Okay. Um, now, was that anyway, a, like and, a, a magazine magazine, like a paper magazine? Yep, was, okay. Exactly. It's a magazine magazine. Mm-hmm. And what was interesting about it was I had been, you know, sort of like eh, giving it a like, you know, casual shot at writing erotica. Mm-hmm. And I gave her a story out of the blue because I was taking the class and she bought it for the magazine. And wow. that sort of started from there. But, you know, it's like I've never really – wanted to be a sex writer it wasn't those things i really sought out to do but you know when you're a writer like you just said wonderfully about being a hack you know it's like you take the opportunities when they're presented so suddenly i was like you know i was writing sex stories and mm-hmm. you know for me it was like oh cool someone wants to buy what i'm writing i mean i don't really right. care what it was about i mean i always take pride in whatever i do like you do but mm-hmm. you know it's one of those things it's like cool i mean i'm a writer that's fantastic and the fact that i'm writing about sex it's like well that's kind of an extra bonus <laughs> and at the time, where were you living? Were you living in San Francisco? Yep, I was living in San Francisco. So the mm-hmm. scene at the time was when, and when I say the word scene, I, I, people need to know what we mean. We're talking about the alternative sex scene, you know, uh, the mm-hmm. kink scene, and you know, 
that kind of thing where people congregated, either met and played or they talked about it or you had you had social gatherings because it wasn't social media didn't exist then. So um, did you find being in San Francisco fueled a certain kind of way of looking at the sex writing? Um, it did to a certain extent. I think it was like one of those times. I mean, I was pretty lucky that uh, I started to write um, when the whole kind of like the whole erotica thing was starting to really kick up steam. I okay. mean, you had a whole bunch of zines, but then you had like Richard Kasack at Masquerade Books. And, oh, yeah, you know, erotica before yeah. then was just really not really all that popular. It was still pretty sleazy, but, you mm -hmm. know, it started to actually hit with the mainstream. I mean, that's when you know, Susie Bright started to do the Best American Erotica series mm -hmm. and such. So it was really a, a great case, like in many things, like, you know, that happens to people. It was just the right place at the right time. Exactly. So to speak. Exactly. And, and how did you start? I, I mean, I know you started earlier on. Well, I, I don't, you know, it's funny. I, I, well, like you, I've uh, always been a writer, you know, um, mm -hmm. and trying to get things sold um, and failing miserably. And then I had a friend of mine. The, the way I started with erotica was I had this friend of mine uh, call me, and she was going with her girlfriend. They had answered an ad. Now, this is back before computers were just just becoming a little bit into vogue. And mm -hmm. they hooked up with some guy who was looking for voice actresses for an 800 number, 900 number, both of those um, call-in lines, which were, which were, you know, they were they were – fed by a computer and facilitated by a computer but it wasn't a you know it was an actual phone line you know back in the day mm -hmm. pre-recorded phone lines and he needed sexy voiced girls for his stuff so these two girls the one was my friend she called me she said, look you know this guy's kind of in your area because the girl was a little out of the area and she said and i don't know this guy so would you go with me to make sure he's on the up and up Mm -hmm. So we went, and I mean, I think his apartment building was 10, 20 minutes from where I live. And uh, it was like a Saturday night, the three of us went. And it ended up being he had a wife, and he, there were you know down-to-earth really cool people. And he had this thing where he he needed these girls to voice some stuff, some pre-recorded, mm -hmm. you know, just to talk scripts, basically. And then uh, and then he said to me, he said, do you want to voice a script? I have a couple things from males. And I said, yeah. So I did that. And then when I was reading that, I said to him at the end of the night, and he gave us all money, paid us all. I said, do you ever have a need for somebody to write this stuff? I, and I don't, mm -hmm. like you, I don't even know why I asked that question, where, where it came from. And he said, yeah, I definitely do. He goes, you know, I run out of ideas and the 800 numbers can be, the 900 numbers can be more explicit, the 800 numbers not so much. So it was a real good lesson in uh, having some rules set up, you know, to writing. And that's mm -hmm. where it started for me. So I started pretty much professionally out of the gate because he was paying me. Oh. And from there, you know, I think I sold a piece and like you, you know, I sold a piece here and there. To There was a lot of smaller press around and some other things. Mm -hmm. And I was doing some stuff for a magazine. And yeah, I think I, it just all kind of grew from there. It's funny how these things start. It's just like it's 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 like. You know, sometimes it's all it takes is a conversation with one person or mm -hmm. just an, an absolute kind of like, I'm just going to throw my hat in the ring and see what happens. Right. I mean, 90% of the time, we've talked about this before, 90% of the time, nothing happens. It's just yeah, kind of like, it fizzles out. A lot, Other a times it's nothing. like, exactly. It's like, hold on, nothing. It's like, oh, geez. It's yeah. like, you know, other times it's like, it's just, it's become suddenly this one weird little odd connection mm -hmm. balloons into like all kinds of different things. Yeah, and and we're actually it's funny because Chris and I, right as we we this goes as we talk about this 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 subject and this this uh, show goes up, um, we're involved writing for somebody who uh, we got the connection together. I mean, I got the connection first, of course, but mm -hmm. not of course. I just happened to get it, and I let, I handed it off to Chris, and he's been writing a couple for the, for uh, hot movies as as much as I have, and. Uh, that's a perfect example of what we talked about in the first installment, which is, you know, mm -hmm. you're going to you're going to find, like Chris just said, you'd never know where these things are going to come from. Luckily, he and I go back and forth all the time. Hey, did you hear about this? Did you hear about this? You know, and mm -hmm. uh, and that's and I almost had us the beginning of the week. We spoke the beginning of the week and I almost had another gig for us, but I ended up doing it, Chris, and it, it really would not have worked out for either of us. I, I decided oh, not no to. Worries. Um, 
it was really it was there was no money in it and it was a just time consuming situation mm. so as much as you know i love to hook us up with things this just would not have worked i i and i did i did i think i did it for like 10 minutes i was like i can't even get my mind around this so um yeah we we both have shared that those, those kind of experiences because again it's like sometimes we're lucky and um you know it's like you get a gig that's fantastic and you end up doing a ton of stuff for them and it lasts for yeah. a long time other times it's like oh god what did i get myself into oh my god yeah. make this stop mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> yeah it's just one of those things where you, you can't you just don't know what's going to happen and a lot of times like chris will say to you we you have to start the job to find out if it's if it's going to work or not mm -hmm. and that's unfortunate but um yep but i mean so but, far we've both been pretty lucky that we haven't gotten burned too often with projects that are like you know do this much work for us and then they don't don't get paid i mean yeah. that's usually not a problem it's usually like finding the gig and finding a gig that's that's stable yeah um, yeah because it's like you got bills to pay and such but you know, it's like trying to find a gig that is going to, you know, be a certain number a month, for instance, which is fantastic. I mean, I love writing, you know, one shots. That's no problem whatsoever. But mm -hmm. it's still kind of like you write the article or you write the story and they say, hey, you're great. This is fantastic or whatever they say. <laughs> yeah. And then it's like, oh, we'll get back to you in a couple of months about a new piece. It's like, I got bills to pay. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't I just don't either. It's a it's just a hit or miss. Everybody's different. We we get we've gotten lucky with some editors and we've gotten burned you know and not burned mm -hmm. on money as much as like you're saying is like oh uh, uh, is is there you said there was going to be some work down at down a pike and never came up you know all that kind of stuff you know mm -hmm. but uh but but we also when we spoke about this in another show we also write other stuff mm -hmm. and do you find because i don't find this too much anymore but do you find or earlier did you find a prejudice or stigma stigmatizing because you wrote you know erotica and although you write other stuff what was did you ever come up against people saying well you know what you kind of write smut i can't have you write this stuff whatever happened to be mm -hmm. you know have you ever did you ever yeah, come but, up across that you know surprisingly not very often mm -hmm. um it's it's really odd i mean i think i think the whole thing about erotica has changed so much and it changed just about the time we were starting to get into it. Right. Because beforehand, it's like, it was one of those things that no one really, I mean, a lot of writers, and we talked about this before too, it's like a lot of writers like science fiction, mystery, and horror writers would also write smut because it's a great way to make earn a buck. And it's, yeah. you know, and, it's, you know, you can just do it that way. And so they kind of kept it on the QT. Mm -hmm. um, but nowadays, the line is so blurry that very few times I've actually come across someone saying, Oh my God, you wrote that, or you know, kind of repercussions. I mm -hmm. mean, yeah. every blue moon, um, you know, is something will happen. Like you know, if um, you know, just like a community or something will not be responsive, or kind of like you know, be kind of like you, you know, they they hold their finger to their nose and yeah. you know. Mm -hmm. But by and large, it's usually they're pretty pretty good about this. I think I remember I had um, an editor one time. You know, and I had, you know, was wanted to do something and I suggested changing my pseudonym and their response was, why? I mean, it's, you've already got an audience. I thought, oh, that's yeah, kind of cool. Right. It's like, you know, of course, one, it's like, I have an audience. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> you know, my mother never said that. <laughs> right, right, right. I got you. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think that uh, most people are aware of the fact that adults do a whole bunch of different stuff. We said this the last time or the other, another mm -hmm. time, you know. Um but you know, there, I guess there is. I mean, there's there's that thing too because we we've we've gone to and taught at kink conventions, and that sometimes get a, gets a, a an odd look from people when you try to like when people say, and I know I've done this myself because people say, "Oh, you're going out to Vegas to be Chris? What are you guys doing?" And I'm like, "Oh, we don't, <laughs> we're, we're, we're going to be teaching some writing courses." That's kind of what I always say, you know, but to people that are uninitiated. And then, mm -hmm. and then there's other people. Like I had a long discussion one night with my cousin's wife, who was just on the edge of her seat, fascinated by what I was telling her about the King Convention stuff that you and I, mm -hmm. you know, I don't think I don't know if we find them commonplace, but certainly we've seen it enough, you know. And but most people that I talk to. That you kind of get like a little, you know, they allow a little tendrils of it in there. The conversation, mm -hmm. adults, of course, most people are interested. You know, they find it interesting. Mm 
And mm -hmm. most and almost every person I've ever talked to, even if it's something they're not into, you know, I'm talking about the King Conventions we've done and it's something they're not into. I've heard usually, oh, that's cool. Mm -hmm. Hey, whatever you're into, you know. And I think most adult people have that kind of an attitude like, oh, look, it's not mm -hmm. my thing. But hey, that's cool. You know, whatever, whatever you're into, you know. And I think I think that's the difference, you know. Mm -hmm. I totally I like agree. It's like, I mean. I do exactly what you do. It's like I have this little dance I do. If, if someone says, what do you do? And I say, I'm a writer. Right. And they say, what do you write? And I said, I usually say like all kinds of things you know, <laughs> because it's true. It's like we both write all kinds of different things. We do. That's um, not a lie. And then as as things get more and more comfortable, you know, like, you know, I, I sort of like I try and read them. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, like you just said, it's like, you know, most of the time when you bring up the fact that, yeah, I write a lot of things, including a lot about sex. Right. Um, <laughs> right. The number of times that people have been, you know, uncomfortable has been very rare. Yeah, I because I, I think most people, I mean, look, most adult people have some sort of interest in sex. So mm -hmm. and I think to hear I know at least I'm interested in other people's experiences and i guess because we're writers we like to soak that stuff up but you know like mm -hmm. other people's motivations and experiences and all that kind of stuff i'm not it's not as much it's not as much um a, a titillating thrill as much as i'm just interested i think that and i think writers mm -hmm. in general are those kind of people we we kind of i don't think we're any special any more special than anybody else but i think we have mm -hmm. a we have a talent to listen and mm -hmm. you know and, and soak it in and then, then later on to regurgitate, basically, you know. Mm -hmm. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, I, it's just an interesting thing that, like, I, I, I like you. I, I haven't really found um, a, a prejudice to it. Mm -hmm. You know, I just, it, it, luckily, I'm, I'm very happy that we don't get that now. You know, mm -hmm. um, I mean, it probably used to be pretty bad, but not anymore. Yeah, I think yeah. The only thing that I get, like, sort of like a, a weird thing, some from sometimes from people, is just that. Um, they assume that I'm into more things than I really yeah, am. Yeah, it's funny. I was just thinking the same thing. Absolutely. And, and it's like, you know, when you write horror, no one thinks you chop up people, you know. Um, <laughs> know. But, you know, you write, a, write an article about, like, you know, you know, truck stop liaisons with, you know, with little people or, you know, something <laughs> right. something that some publisher wanted somewhere for some market. And they, they suddenly people start giving you the look of, oh, you're into that. It's like, no, I'm not really. You know, it's just it's it's like I'm I'm flattered. You think I am because it means the story worked well. But right. at the same time, it's like not really. It's kind of I hate to say this for the paycheck. <laughs> well, you know, I guess because if you're, I, you know, I, I think fiction, too, especially because if you're writing a song, of, uh, uh, if you're writing a story about some sort of colony on Mars, mm -hmm. you, you know that can only be from your imagination and or your wishing or whatever, you know? You've mm -hmm. never done it. You've never, you know, that's just not possible. Um, and, but if you write a story that has an element of kink or sex to it that you could possibly have fantasized about or done, mm -hmm. that's when people go, uh-oh, okay. Okay, mm -hmm. he obviously is not chopping up bodies in his basement, but, he could be, he could be, you know, uh, you know, spanking Japanese boys, twenty-five-year-old Japanese boys, you know, like like it's anything possible in that way, you know. Mm -hmm. So that's when people mm -hmm. give you that, like they look at you excanced and go, um, well, "Let me think about this a second. You know, is that mm -hmm. the thing that's on his mind or he's doing?" And mm -hmm. I think, and and of course, because we both write a lot in what they what's considered niche uh, material. Which mm -hmm. is, you know, what they, what, or you could call it kink, whatever you want to call it. But um, then people look at you and I and go, "Wow, you guys must do all this stuff, or mm -hmm. have, or want to do." And it's not always the case. Mm -hmm. I mean, if absolutely. My, if my past sex life was as rich and varied as what I write about, boy, <laughs> man, I'd, be, <laughs> I'd be long dead or have some sort of, you know, some sort of disease, you know. <laughs> I mean, we just, that's just not how we roll. We're just not that kind of guys, mm -hmm. you know? Um, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's like, you know, I think both of us, we've written like, you know, we've written all kinds of things outside of our, you know, our, our, our normal, you know, sexual response and our mm -hmm. orientation. It's like, that's Absolutely. why I'm always very clear that what I write is fiction. And I'm always yeah. very clear too about being straight about, well, being straight. Right. Um, right. And exactly. it's still, it's still kind of like surprises me sometimes when people make the assumption. It's like, well, I consider it kind of a compliment. I mean, I don't, I think it's, it's wrong for a writer to pretend to be something they're not just 
you know, just to sell a story. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm always, you know, I know we both do this. We're very clear about who we are as people. Mm -hmm. um, but still, yeah, it's kind sure. of a compliment when someone assumes that you're into something because it means the story worked really well. So it's like, oh, they must be into it because the story's so hot. It's like, well, thank you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Or like, or you hear something like, uh, you know, like you, you write a story from a woman's point of view and it's, and it's a gay story. It's just a lesbian story. And, mm -hmm. it, and people like it. You're like, wow, that's great. That's a good compliment because I don't particularly know that world. You know, mm -hmm. but I do know about mm -hmm. desire and I do know about you know, all the things that uh, anybody would have. Mm -hmm. And that's what we always say about the sexual world and the kink world, although you don't necessarily have to have done those things to read about them mm -hmm. or write about them. Um, we the sexual se people's sexual responses, while while varied, they, you know. They, 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 they're all we're all we're all human beings so we all have our things you know we have the mm -hmm. same there's a sameness i guess to, is what i'm trying to say to our sexual responses even though we could be mm -hmm. doing a lot of different things to get there you know mm -hmm. exactly and you, you just stole my thunder because that's exactly what i like to tell people it's like if you focus on the differences the story kind of tends to be a little it doesn't work but if you mm -hmm. focus on what we all have in common then yeah it's actually you know it's i find it's much more effective mm -hmm. um and that's something that i think we both take take kind of a pride in is that you know we, we we you know look for the commonalities um the only time it's tricky is when it's something that's kind of outside your normal experience range like certain fetishes and such right, right. um but even then it's like you know a little research goes a long way that's true that's true <laughs> yeah we're just talking to, talking to people like at a convention and the things we've learned you know from other mm -hmm. people and i'm not even talking in one of the classes i'm just talking just talking to somebody you know, they, they come mm -hmm. across with something, you know. Um, yeah. And, and sometimes it, it's also yeah. because of certain project or editor, they require something too. So, <laughs> yeah. And, and so that, that often heard refrain of white, write what you know, it, it, it's not specific. I never took that specifically because I, I remember reading Bradbury and Bradbury said, you know, I've never been to Mars, but mm -hmm. he wrote the Martian Chronicles, which, you know, mm -hmm. are, you know, are considered by many to be classic. You know, mm -hmm. so how do you get away with writing about that if you've never been to the planet? Well, the, the, those stories are about human, the human condition, you know, mm -hmm. needs, desires, emotions, all the things that we have. If you live in in Turkey or Timbuktu, it doesn't matter, you know, mm -hmm. and I think the same can be said for sexual stories or or erotica, you know, the, that mm -hmm. in those stories are the are the meat and taters of who we are, how we feel about <laughs> things, no matter what it is we're doing. Mm hmm. Exactly. Exactly. It's like, again, focusing on the commonalities and not the differences. Yeah. And, you know, I think that you're completely correct. I mean, that's what I think will sell a good story or what makes a story good, good, memorable. It also means that it's like, you know, if you focus too much on like, you know, what is, you know, different or what, you know, not for not to sound judgmental, strange about something, mm -hmm. the people who are into that and, and are going to detect it, they're going to they're going to feel that kind of you know, sense of otherness and mm -hmm. the story won't work. Um, so it's like, you know, once again, it's like, I consider it a huge compliment when people think that we're into these things. It's like, oh, that's cool. It means I did my job well. <laughs> yeah, because there are times when we have both had to take a step back and do research. Mm -hmm. You know, I, mm -hmm. my, a lot of times the research is me asking you a question. Because, um, you, you know, <laughs> you are the wise old sage. But, um, <laughs> but many, you know, many times I've had, a, I have had to like look up uh how how a corset fit or mm -hmm. you know the specific tethers of a certain uh crop you know it's mm -hmm. just because we don't exactly know and 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 getting into the characters heads um you know sometimes those spe the specific specificity is important sometimes it's mm -hmm. not sometimes it's not sometimes it clunks up the story but some other mm -hmm. times it is important you know exactly exactly and it's like and that's the thing. It's like, you know, I mean, we're not perfect. Sometimes we do better jobs than others. And it's true, like, true, sometimes true. I finish a story and it's like, and it didn't really go that way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Cause you start out, but, you're like, this is going to be fantastic. And I get there and I'm like, I don't know. I don't know where it is. I don't know what I did right or wrong here, but this didn't work the way I thought it was going to. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. But I mean, it's funny. It's like it's one of the things. It's like you know, getting into this industry is so. You know, it's, it's it's funny. It's like 
we've talked about this before. It's like, you know, sometimes people like want to be an erotica writer, which I think is a noble, noble thing. Mm -hmm. um, so we kind of came in kind of the sideways because we we're basically writers looking for a place to sell our work. But, right. you know, getting into this is actually, I mean, it's changed so much since, since our early days of when dinosaurs ruled the earth. And, right. um, you know, it's like, you know, you know, back when like the Roman legions were still a problem. I mean, it's just like, you know, these days it's like, you know, because of all social media and such, but I felt the, the mechanisms are still the same. It's just basically just getting your work out there. And sometimes, frankly, giving it away for free is, is a good idea, at least when I you're know. first starting out. I know. I, I think that, that that's a that's an important point that people realize. There, there's 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 literal um, depositories of, of erotica online that you could just throw a, a story up on, you know? Mm -hmm. and, uh, and there are plenty of places um, online or even – even like small zines, people are still making this. That'll take your stories for free. You know, mm -hmm. uh, they won't pay you. And some, and sometimes you have to still go through the, the you know, the vetting and submission process there. They might mm -hmm. not take your stuff. But, you know, if you get a story seen in a site that's seen by a bunch of people, it's better than where just laying there in your closet, you know? Mm -hmm. So. Mm -hmm. um, and then the whole thing is building up your resume, too. It's right, like, right. you know, when you first start out, you're – you know, no one knows who you are and, you know, in your very first story. So it's like, you know, after a point and suddenly you can, you can sort of attach to your cover letter. It's like, oh yes, I was on this place and then this place and then this place. Yeah. And suddenly yeah. eyebrows start to raise and your work starts to get more visible and your name starts to get a little bit of recognition, um, which can help a lot. But yeah, when you're first starting out, it's like, you know, you know, even unless you're, unless you're writing the great American novel, it's like giving your work away for free is not a bad idea. You yeah. know, it's like, you know, yeah. get that, get that, recognition out there i mean it's wonderful to be paid but uh mm -hmm. you know that didn't that didn't come down a pipe. i mean i got lucky because the first time i did it was those scripts but you know it's not something that happens all that often in the beginning you know mm -hmm. um and chris and i have had these situations with that have been unbelievably lucrative and uh we were pretty much surprised and the other situations where you're kind of like scrapping and you know shucking and jiving to get where you need to get you know, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But, exactly, exactly. So what do you think overall? Because I get this question all the time. We both get this question. Um, where do where the where the ideas come from? Um, you know, it's funny. It's like um, I know in my case, it's like, you know, it's a majority of them actually are because of whatever someone wants. Mm -hmm. um, I sometimes find it hard when someone says, oh, just write me a story. It's like, uh, I don't know what to do. I'm kind of like deer in the headlights. Right. Um, okay. So I actually, I like, you know, getting sort of a guideline where it's, you know, cowboys or vampires mm -hmm. or, you know, kink or something like that. It, it kind of, it allows me to focus a bit better. And mm -hmm. then I just sort of go from there. But if I just have to sit down and write a story, it's kind of like, I don't know what I'm doing. Right, um, right. And that's just me. I mean, some people, you know, find like having some kind of restriction or, you know, some kind of like requirement for what, whatever the book or magazine or website is. And yeah, I'm just weird in that way. Um, but um, sometimes it's like, you know, I get inspired from other places. I mean, I, I like to say that sometimes when I'm writing erotica, it's not so much I'm writing erotica. It's I, It gives me a chance to write the genres I'm actually really interested in so when someone says you know i want to do a cowboy you know erotica my first reaction is usually i get to write a cowboy story mm -hmm. right yeah first and foremost <laughs> that has se that sex in it <laughs> yeah 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 i i don't i don't i think that we've said this too like you you, you just kind of you're out there keeping your eyes and ears open and things come mm -hmm. in and you don't even realize you, they, they came into your your subconscious and later mm -hmm. on you puke it out and go well that's a title or that's a character or I heard mm -hmm. a snippet of a conversation or, you know, or, or I read somebody. I mean, you know, the more reading you do, the better it is anyway. So. Oh, absolutely. Uh, but as far as I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know where the ideas come from. And sometimes they are fantasy. Sometimes mm -hmm. there are an amalgamation of what we maybe done in our lives a little bit. Mm -hmm. And we want mm -hmm. it to be more the other way or more a little, a mm -hmm. lot of it that other way, <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> it's a bit, but, and then like Chris said, sometimes, we get we get an assignment, whether mm -hmm. for fiction or nonfiction, mm -hmm. or you know we're trying to uh, put together like say a a, col um, a collection of short stories, mm -hmm. and to to find like a common theme to get them all together. Sometimes mm -hmm. that'll that'll help you out too, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, think, I yeah, 
I think anthologies are still around. They're not as much as they're not as prevalent as they used to be. Mm -hmm. um, because for a while before the internet, the only place you know to get fiction was either magazines or in books, which right. you know you get anthologies, which is usually a you know a book of stories written by more than uh, one person, usually mm -hmm. to a theme. Right. And so you get these calls for submissions placed on like certain magazines or such, mm -hmm. or even just kind of spread around like you know kind of like under the table between writers. And it would say things like, okay, here's the number of words, here's the theme, all this kind of stuff. And I think there's those still exist, but mm -hmm. it'd be kind of replaced now mostly with a lot of web stuff. But yeah, they can give you a really good guidance about where to go and you can sort of like decide, you know, it's like what kind of story it's going to be and, you know, the number of words and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And certain websites have the same thing these days. It's like, you know, here's a website that does, you know, like science fiction erotica or, you know, here's one that does horror or here's one that does, you know, gay or lesbian fiction or mm -hmm. GLBT, you know, fiction or something similar. So it's like, you know, once you have that, it sort of like sort of becomes like a little bit of a, a good like way of um, focusing you so you know exactly what you have to do and so forth. And of course, reading the what's on the, the um, what they've already published helps a lot, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, yeah, that's, a, that's a big one. If you go to a site or magazines, always say, you know, see what we published before. You know, mm -hmm. gives you an idea. Um, yeah, I, I think that generally all this stuff, I mean, because I was thinking about this too, because we, about this show, and this, by the way, the name of the show is Licking Non-Vanilla, so I said it right that time. Um, <laughs> the, the thing about this, just this work and this job that we do, it, it, in a way, when Chris and I talk about it, when we teach the writing classes specifically, or we talk about it this way or in a conversation, we pretty much demystify it. Because mm -hmm. to us, it's work. And, and anybody else, whatever, whatever else you're doing that you want to get better at and or you make money at or you're trying to make more money at or your name at or reputation, however, whatever that is, it's, it's this, there's no difference in the way it's, there's no difference in the, in the approach, really. The tools mm -hmm. may be different. The result may be different. The actual work itself may be different. Mm -hmm. But the effort, you just because people say all the time, well, how, how do you become a writer? And mm -hmm. all I say, I you know, from the get go, we've said this a million times. You got to just start writing. I don't know why I don't tell mm -hmm. us to tell you. <laughs> and and then you got to work at it. Mm -hmm. And so how how do you become a real good pizza maker? You start making pizzas and you and you fail and you get better at it, right? It's the same mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. There's no difference. Exactly. Exactly. And that's the thing. It's like, it, it, I mean, you know, I often like will get a little down when I think about all the years I spent trying to sell stories, but I also realize that's also a lot of time where I was like, you know, perfecting, you know, I wouldn't say perfecting my skills because I'm a firm believer that it's like, we're still always kind of working on that. Absolutely. Um, but you know, it's like just practice. I mean, that's the big thing. Like you just said, it's practice. I mean, the more you do, I mean, you know, basically the first story you ever write is going to suck. I right. mean, universally that's true yeah there's a few exceptions but they're very very rare um this the story is going to suck that's that's that simple the next story is going to suck the next story after that's going to suck the next story after that's going to suck and then guess what the next one doesn't quite suck as bad right right uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's suckage level is a little less yeah exactly 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 yeah. yeah and so it's like you do that enough times and eventually you learn what makes a sucky story and what isn't and you start mm -hmm. to learn how to feel the story so you know when it's working well or not and how to fix it if it's not and all this kind of stuff and it's just pure experience and that's why it's like you know, it's like, it's funny, it's like when we do our class, you'll have, you know, sometimes, and I'm not trying to make fun of people because everyone has a different process and mm -hmm. everybody has a different path and so forth. But every blue moon will come across somebody who's been working on like the same story for like 16 years. It's like, yeah. you know, just like, yeah. you know, go on, move move along, you know, put that one in a drawer or throw it away, get the next one going. Because the more you do, you know, the more likelihood you're going to get better and better and learn from your mistakes and, you know, learn tricks and like you just said, also read a lot. I mean, just like read everything. I mean, yeah. you know, it's like find out what people are doing and, you know, and, and it's, it's going to sound weird, but, you know, steal. And I'm not saying plagiarize, but learn how they do things. Like, mm -hmm. you know, see how this person does dialogue or this person does descriptions or that person has really good sex, you know, descriptions. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's like, you know, you don't use the words exactly, but you learn how they did it and try and, you know, do the same kind of thing. And you know what you just said is really important too, because I remember I could even see this lady's face in one of the conventions who had been working on something for a very long time. Mm 
And she, you could see she was stuck. She just couldn't get out of her own way, you know? Mm-hmm. And we were gently trying to nudge her in the, in the, hey, why don't you put that aside and get with something else direction, you know? Because, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. like you said, everybody's process is different. But there comes a time when, and this is true, I think, across the board of everything, and I'm as guilty as this as anybody, but there comes a time when the thing is done. Mm-hmm. Or should or should at least be put to the side, and maybe you can work on something else and come back to it. But you know as well as I do. The, the, I think Hemi, Hemingway said, what, "What did Hemingway say about writing? Writing was rewriting, and that's true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But there gets to mm-hmm. a point where you gotta, you just gotta push away from the table, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, and that is true of every pursuit, because mm-hmm. we are not perfect beings, and the thing we make or the thing we work on is never going to be perfect, ever. Mm-hmm. The pizza's mm-hmm. going to be great, but it's not going to be perfect. Mm-hmm. And the story's going to be great, and but it's never going to be perfect. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. And that's the thing, exactly, that's exactly it. It's like, and also it's like learning to let go of control. I mean, because yeah, sometimes it's like, you know, like I'll send, sell, sell an article or a story or something similar, and then when it comes out, it's like, now it's it's rare for stories, but mostly it's for articles where someone where the editor will do rewrites or mm-hmm. tweak or something similar. And it's like, you know, you gotta let that go. I mean, it's 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 difficult, especially when something you spend a lot of time on. But when you know you send an article and it's it's gets tweaked or something similar, or when you sell a story and the editor says, you know, oh, I need you to change blank blank blank, you know, it's like. There's this whole big thing about like being a writer where you're supposed to stand up for yourself and you know and yeah. and you know and but it's like at the same time it's like if you there's a difference between standing up for yourself and being a being a pain to work with. Oh yeah, well, um, and Chris, that's you know. true of every. Oh my God, Chris, like we can mm-hmm. take that to every level of every 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 endeavor. Mm-hmm. You know, like you 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 happen to do this or this, but other unless, unless you're working on my brain. There's gonna there's gonna be a time where you gotta step back. But if you think my brain needs a little bit more tweaking and uh and during the mm-hmm. surgery, take as much time as you want. But you know, mm-hmm. but generally mm-hmm. in life, there's gotta come a point where you just kinda you gotta shut up. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you know, I see that. I don't know if we talked about this. I'm trying to remember if we did, but I see that in playwriting all the time. The 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 playwright because in playwriting you, you write the thing and then somebody's speaking your words which is which can be mm-hmm. very startling the first time you've heard it it could be wonderful or it could be startling or both you know because you're these characters saying what out loud what you what you wrote as opposed to in a story and a lot of times i've watched playwrights suffered suffered the damned you know because they they want to go back and tweak now mm-hmm. you know or like or 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 what happens is the the actor or the director want to change something a little bit, make it a little easier, make, or say, you know, you've said this thing now three times in this actor's voice, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I've seen plenty of playwrights that just they can't stop revising. They just can't get out of their own way, and inevitably they're they're not invited. Almost, I've only been invited once to a rehearsal because they, they the rule is you don't let the writer in the door because he's gonna he's gonna <laughs> you know he's he's gonna be the biggest prima donna on the planet yeah you know, oh you cannot change that and that word is and and if you change it to a we're gonna have a biggest problem you know <laughs> and and playwrights and i think it's because um you're hearing your words said out loud and i think that makes mm-hmm. it even more resonant you're like oh my god you know you cannot touch that you know, you put you know you put your head back and your scarf around your neck, and I can't work with these people. You know, uh, but you know you have to just you have to you have to know when to just when well what did Kenny Rogers just died recently, right? Well, he knew he said mm-hmm. no one to hold them, no one to fold them. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yep, yep. Exactly. I tell you, it's like I admire you for a lot of reasons, and one of the big ones is the fact that you you can you're you have such a talent for writing scream uh, for for scripts and mm. and especially oh. for plays, and it's like. You know, I've I have to say that you know it's like I, I, I this kind of t- touches on what we were talking before. It's like we all have different strengths and weaknesses, and Absolutely. that's one thing. It's like when I hear you doing that, when I read your work, it's like oh my god! It's like you know, it's like I just came in. I mean, I've tried a couple of times, and it's just not in my 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 wheelhouse. Right. right. Um. It's just like it's just it's one of those things. That's a, that's a th- another thing too. It's like recognizing what your strengths and weaknesses are, because sometimes it's like 
you know, we can eat, we can just beat ourselves up because we don't do something well. I mean, maybe it's fiction or poetry or mm -hmm. screenplays or something like that. It's like, you know, not every creative person can do every creative thing. You know, it's no, like, it's plenty of limitations things. we both have. I, you know, yeah, for sure. For sure. It's like, it's like, I, I, I was talking to a friend of mine the other night and, we're, and it's like, and you're very much like there's stuff. Cause like you're, you're right. Very character driven. And mm -hmm. while I like, writing characters i'm more story driven and i have mm -hmm. a hard time you know doing uh character driven things it's something i'm trying to work on you know because i think yeah. it's important to like take what you're not good at and try your best to try and get better at it but also it's like sometimes you just have to admit it's like i just suck at this yeah, i just right. can't do this and that's <laughs> fine and that's fine like to acquiesce to your weaknesses mm -hmm. will, will mm -hmm. you know you find your strengths because and that's true again you know in every business you know that's true mm -hmm. i don't care what it is where you there's certain things that everybody has innate talents mm -hmm. and uh and i think that's true everybody does uh, and mm -hmm. I, and just because the thing you do maybe doesn't bring you fortune and fame and or it's creative doesn't mean it's not artful. If it's a thing you do well, it's a thing you do well. Mm -hmm. But there are times when uh, you cultivate and work at something and you get better at it. Mm -hmm. And there's other times you could do that with things and it just it will never work. You know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know about you, Chris, because I mean, most guys that I know are good with words are not good with math. I don't know about you, mm -hmm. but I have oh, me too. I'm horrible with math. I mean, yeah, right. I forget it. I mean, it's like, you know, it's like I, I just, you know, when I, when I try and do my bank balance, it's just like, I just like roll the bones and hope things work out. I mean, it's just right. like, I'm really not very good at it. No, I just, but you're right. It's like, don't I think it's also important. To, I'm, I'm also thinking it's important to try too, because it's like, you know, I mean, both of us never thought we'd be erotica writers until we give it a shot. And guess what? You know, we enjoyed it. And oh my God, yeah. people bought the work. And the same way, it's like, you know, I, you know, I like to tell people, it's like, you know, you don't know if you, you don't know if you're the, um, the best, you know, science fiction, romance, mystery, horror writer out there until you give it a shot. And if you're not big whoop, I mean, you know, history's rife with, you know, writers who went through periods where they're trying out to see which one, see what they're good at. You know, it's like, mm -hmm. you look at their careers and there's like, and this is true about musicians and painters as well. It's like, this is their, you know, unsuccessful, you know, clown, crying clown phase, yeah, you know, right. and, yeah. you know, yeah. this is the, um, playing cards on velvet or whatever. Yeah, it was exactly. And this is, yeah. this is the, uh, the eighties when everybody was writing horror novels and oh my God, he, that, that person never should have written a horror novel, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that kind of yeah, thing. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and that, that, I mean, that really is true. You gotta just, and it, it's always good to try. I mean, and, and to try things in, you know, jobs that maybe you've never done, but you mm -hmm. always had an inkling mm -hmm. for. You know, like, oh, you know, I always thought about welding. Well, give it a shot. Exactly. Somehow. What's find the worst somebody you know. To, yeah, well, find where you could weld your fingers together. But find, be safe. <laughs> but find somebody, you know, and it's just, the same was true with when it comes to sexual pursuits. Mm -hmm. um, give it a shot. You know, if you're mm -hmm. interested and have a fantasy and you have a like minded partner or can find some friends. Mm -hmm. Or and you can certainly find communities nowadays online. If you mm -hmm. have a little bit of a of an of a an idea of doing something you've never done sexually, go ahead. Just be safe and mm -hmm. consensual. Give it a shot. You know. Um, yep. I don't know what's going to exactly. happen. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Exactly. I mean, I've I've tried a bunch of things. I know you have too. It's just like, oh, that was cool. That's something I can add to my play bag. Other times, it's like, okay, that stays in the fantasy realm, um, right, or right. It's something that really didn't work, or. You know, it re it works a lot better as a fantasy than it does in reality or, you know, all kinds of different things. And that's the thing. It's like it's fun to experiment. It's like, you know, unfortunately, it's like, you know, in a, many people in this world, you know, look on like making mistakes or failure is a bad thing. It's like, you know, yeah, it can be. It can be very upsetting. But at the same time, that's how you learn. I mean, that's right. how, you know, you figure out what's good and what works and what doesn't. I mean, it's like, you know, there's nothing wrong with trying something that didn't work the first time. Yeah, and, and there's nothing wrong with trying it, like you were saying about this, you know, certain pursuits, and it doesn't work for you. Mm -hmm. And you could just say, well, you know, that didn't work for me. So there, mm -hmm. many, there's many instances of just because you can doesn't mean you should. Mm -hmm. And and you mm -hmm. get there, especially with, with something in your head that you've, you know, maybe had as a fantasy for a long time. And, mm -hmm. and then you try to make mm -hmm. it to reality, and you're like, oh, this you know i think we talked about this in the first show you know it just it just comes up short or it just comes up woefully different than you thought it was going to be and, and not in a good mm -hmm. way 
because mm -hmm. we all know reality and fantasy are two different things. That's why they have mm -hmm. that's why they're two different words. And uh, <laughs> it happens all the time. It happens all mm -hmm. the time, you know. Mm -hmm. And and we because we've seen it as much in our own lives as with the people that we've come in contact with, you know. You know, like, hmm, that's not really what I thought it was going to be. You know, the minute becomes real, and, you know. And that's the thing about writing, too. It's like, you know, it's like, you know, it's, I, I really think we should have better depictions of what it's like to be a writer. Mm -hmm. Because it's like, you look at the media, and it's so funny because all this stuff is written by writers, but writers don't like to really say what it's about, so you end up with this kind of, like, fantasy version of what it's like being a writer. Mm -hmm. So there's always the, like, the montage of them getting better, and suddenly the New York agent calls them up, and then, and then they're on Oprah, you know, or something right, like yeah, this. It's yeah. like, you know, it's like, I want to show, like, you know, the, you know, the the not wanting to really write but you got to because you got to pay the phone bill or you know <laughs> right. or the rejection letters or right. you know the the writer you really hate who's really an arrogant twit suddenly gets the book deal you wanted and you know it's just like or you know heaven forbid the award ceremony it's like you know i mm -hmm. i think there's a there's a film called swimming pool and it has my favorite quote about uh writers awards it's like you know um uh let's see what's oh it's like um the, the quote is like you know, writing awards are like um, hemorrhoids. Um, and, and, you know, it's guaranteed an asshole will eventually get one. Um, <laughs> well, yeah. Was, was that the? That's the. Uh, these two, not, oh, I told him, I'm thinking of the swimmer. Remember the swimmer? Oh, the swimmer. Oh, that's a classic film. That's with Burt Lancaster. That's a crazy oh, God, movie, yes. though. Don't you think that's, that's a, a wonderful? Oh, I love that. It's a crazy he, movie. Oh, he, absolutely. He, I don't know if you've ever seen that movie because you just saw the swimming pool. But I was thinking of what's crazy about that movie is he he literally just goes from swimming pool to swimming pool, right? In mm -hmm. in like mm -hmm. upper in like L.A. Right? Is that where it takes place? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, I think it's L.A. Yeah. Weird, weird movie, and it's real existential, right? There's times mm -hmm. when, like, he'll come into it's. It probably, I think it's early '60s, right? '61, maybe. I think so. So I can I can look it up. But I'm just too lazy right now. Right. My computer's right here. So it's Lancaster, right? So he goes from he's in swimming trunks the whole movie. He's in really great shape. It's when he was in really good shape, and mm -hmm. he's he just goes from swimming pool. It starts out something with with his kids, I think. And then, yeah, I, I I I I know the story, but I don't want to I don't want to surprise you if someone hasn't seen it. But okay, yeah, it's like he's he's in swimming trunks. He's basically swimming his way home, going from one pool to another. <laughs> it is a wacky movie, but it's cool though. It's really mm -hmm. cool because every time he comes on upon a new pool and he sees mm -hmm. the people who live in those houses and they're pretty well to do, they all mm -hmm. have a different kind of take on life and they all talk about mm -hmm. the like certain aspects of life and it's mm -hmm. a, it's if you ever get a chance to see that movie that's a that's a because the minute you said the swimming pool thing i was thinking of it mm -hmm. that's a weird 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 movie <laughs> weird and that's weird another thing it's like you know you you're, you just had i think you touched on something else right before about experience experiences it's like you know you talk about like inspirations it's like i get my inspirations from movies all the time i mean yeah, it's just I like it's one of my favorite things i mean sometimes it's like i'll see a movie and it's like you know, or something like The Swimmer is a good example. It's like, you know, I've, I've actually done some pretty open parodies of, like, you know, famous films. And right. it's like, that's kind of cheating because I didn't even, like, disguise the inspiration. Right. It's like, you know, here's my take on, like, Sweet Smell of Success, which is another fantastic Burt Lancaster mm -hmm. movie. You know, it's like, but other times it's like, I'll be watching because I'm, uh, like yourself, as a compulsive, like, reader and movie watcher and such. And I'll see a, a movie or something similar. And it's like, you know, it's like, that didn't work, but you do that, it could be cool. And then yeah, yeah. that becomes a story or something. It's just like, absolutely. But yeah, it's like, I just, I love, you know, I, I eat the stuff up. Yeah. Cause, you know, if you haven't figured it out by now, Chris and I are relatively uh, rabid junkies of, of certain kind of films and TV shows and uh, certainly a, a, a certain era of, of, of stuff. You know, mm -hmm, we were mm -hmm. we were went to a kid convention once. I think it was the second time, and one of the people there uh, was was drove us around. Actually, was the car service for everybody, mm -hmm. and we got friendly with this guy. And uh, one night we went out late night in St. Louis to a really cool diner. Remember that diner? Oh, that was blast! That yeah. was so much fun. And we found that the guy we were with had worked on worked in L.A. Mm -hmm. On all the monster kind of ma not the makeup I was gonna say makeup but not makeup was all like the uh, 
the prosthetics at that time, and I, I don't know if they were, they're probably like paper mache, but he worked mm -hmm. on shows like Outer Limits, right? Oh, yes, yes. He was telling us about all this stuff, and Chris and I were salivating. It was just so cool because he had worked on all this stuff that all these shows that Chris and I grew up on, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, it was it, it's just super one of those super geek moments. So we have those things and you'll hear them often on the show. We go from um, hot and heavy sex talk to like talking about the original Star Trek, you know, <laughs> which which, you know, had a lieutenant of horror on it anyway. So talk about mm -hmm. she was mm -hmm. she was didn't we know we know we knew somebody who knew pretty good friends when they uh, would rat Boddenberry when they began Star Trek and mm -hmm. talked about this sexy new actor that they were trying out. I ended up being mm -hmm. uh, William Shatner. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It was, you know, I, if you watch those shows, they're on every night here and, uh, you know, the, these are, these are oh, things... I love binge watching them. Exactly. Yeah, it's like, there's so many fun things out there. I mean, like God bless the world of world of tomorrow. It's like, I still remember, and this is going to date us, but you know, having to like, if you wanted to see something like a certain film, you had to go to either convention or some like nowhere, you know, part of the world because they happened to be playing that one particular movie. It's like now it's like, you know, a web search and boing, there it is. Yeah. You know, yeah, there's that show I watched when I was a kid. You damn kids don't know how good you got it. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Right. Right. I just, you know, no more midnight, you know, matinees and, you know, that kind of stuff. I mean, it's like they still do it to a certain extent, but not like they used to. Um, yeah. and it's like, you know, we talked before, I think we are on one of our other shows about how things have changed, but you know, it's like, I still think it's really cool that, you know, I, I'll often find myself like, I don't know about you, but I'll find myself like doing things like, you know, you know, digging up some piece of obscure movie or a television show I saw and I vaguely remembered, you know, so mm -hmm. I'll, I'll spend like a, a little bit of time, like, you know, playing detective and trying to track it down. Right. right. Yeah. That's fun. Yeah. See, I mean, that, that's what, what happens when you're a writer. Cause your, your imagination is fired like that, you know, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. you're always, you're always locked into the, the memory or the inspiration, you know? Mm -hmm, so that's what mm -hmm. comes of us now. And that's are... it. It's like, I think it's like we mentioned before, it's like, I'm sorry for interrupting, but it's no, like, I, I do think it's like, you know, inspiration is not just, I mean, that's the other thing. It's like, there's this kind of a myth of like the muse, you know, it's like, you know, it's like you're laying there and you've got your jacket with the leather patches on it and you're smoking your pipe and suddenly right. like the muse shows up and oh my God, there's the book that makes your name and there's the movie that everyone loves. Right. When 90% of the time, this stuff kind of comes like, you know, it's like you're taking something that you half saw, half remembered, you know, or you're trying to do the same thing somebody else did. You know, it's like mm -hmm. like if you have a favorite author, you know, or a favorite movie maker or a favorite playwright or musician, it's like, you know, most of the time they're like, you know, inspired by somebody else and they're just trying to do the same kind of thing that their inspiration did. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And we hope we inspired you here on Licking Non-Vanilla <laughs> as we're coming to the end of the show. Chris, can you believe it? We just switched random. Oh, no, random. wonderful. It's always, always a blast. It is. Now, very soon, and I don't know when this is going to be, but it's going to be soon enough, we're going to start, we'll, we'll, we're going to start taking uh, emails and answering those. And then we're also going to have guests on here calling mm -hmm. in, people from various uh, pursuits in this, in the, mainly in the sexual arena. And uh, so we're going to get them on, too, so we can talk to them and uh, get their perspective. But uh, today you had my perspective and Chris's perspective, which is really the only two you need. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you very much, Chris. This has been Licking Non-Vanilla with Ralph Greco Jr. and... And Chris, otherwise known as M. Christian. So you take care, guys. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. And visit us on the web at www.lickingnonvanilla.com. <laughs>